The mission publishes the number one newsletter for accelerated learning. Learn from the best and brightest by joining our community at themission.co. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mission Daily. I'm joined by Grayson Grills, dun, dun, Hello, dun. our son who is seven months old. He's smiling right now because he knows that I'm talking about him. And we have Toasty Grills who's actually in the background. So he is our official mascot. We just got him on a new influencer contract. The negotiations were pretty rough. Intense. Uh, rough, rough. But we got through them and we are, uh, yeah, we have a good working relationship now. And also Steph, my beautiful wife. Hello, hello. This should be an interesting episode with Grayson right now trying to pull on the mic and Toasty down there <laughs> biting his nails. We'll see if we can get through this. So I'm really excited about this episode because as I mentioned, we are doing a three episode extravaganza to get you ready for the Thanksgiving holiday. And this question came in yesterday. It was an email. I got out of the blue. I read it all as soon as I saw it, instantly responded. It was from a super fan and super supporter who loves the mission, Arbor. Arbor, thank you so much for sending this question as uh, it was so carefully worded, well-written, and you asked an excellent question. However, I couldn't answer it quickly in an email. I needed to do an entire episode about it. And this ties in with our theme week of gratitude, Thanksgiving, and celebration to get ready for the holidays. All right. So- Steph's, uh, for those of you who <laughs> want, a, want a picture painted of what's going on right now. So Grayson has both hands and he is grabbing her headphone cord. He's having a field day. Pulling my head down with it. <laughs> and um, at least, yeah, at least he's uh, he's smiling and having fun. I'm he's too, having a good time. All right, Grayson. <laughs> he's having we, the most fun, it looks like. He is. We're going to read this question or it's more just a really long email from Arbor, but I'm going to summarize some of it. So I'm not going to read every single word for word. And Grayson's going to help me. All you right. Want me to grab Grayson while you read? Yep. That's a good idea. Right, come here, big bub. You're going to go walk over. Walk to your dad. There you go. All right. Walk across the table. <laughs> big steps. All right. Oh, good job, bud. Now I can devote the proper attention to reading Arbor's email. So it says, my name is Arbor. I'm 33 and I'm from Albania. I live and work as a full stack developer in Boston. And above all, I am a devoted and regular everyday listener of your podcast, The Mission Daily, as well as the story. Awesome. Thank you, Arbor. Yes, thank you very much. And the story is back for those of you who haven't. We took a long break, but season four is back for celebrating veterans and Veterans Day. Yes, and it is. Grayson is <laughs> successfully managing to grab my mic. Yes, he is. And season four is out. It's rolling and we have future seasons in the Pike pipeline, I guess. Pike yeah. pipeline. All right. Pipeline. Back Coming to down Arbor. the pike. Yes. You know what I mean? So listen to the story. It's great. All right. So he says... I try to recall how I got into listening to your podcast, but I have no idea. I can't remember. And to tell you the truth, it doesn't matter that much because I listen to you guys every day and I am glad that I do. I feel I have learned and gained so much and I am obliged to reach out and say thank you. And that's what this email is all about. So thank you to the mission team and Chad. And then he goes on to say that he's and read- first, Just real quick. Thank you, Arbor, because we seriously couldn't do this without great listeners like yourself. And this type of feedback means more than you'll ever know. And uh, I really- yeah, thank you for it. Yeah, it's really, really nice. And he has an awesome picture here where he's reading a book recommended by Chad on the shortness of life by Seneca. And he's got the mission logo in the background, which is really fun. And he goes on to talk about how he's now been labeled as a stoic by his friends from reading these certain books. And he's exhibiting qualities that he now calls the Chad effect when talking to his girlfriend, which is pretty funny. 
Barbara, I just have to say I, I can't take any liability for anything that happens after this point, and I'm sorry. Um, but I, effect. But I wish you the best of luck as you uh, <laughs> as you brave the challenges of the the modern media world. So. Yep. And he's also read The Courage to Be Disliked, which is a book that we're doing for the Mission Book Club right now. It's so good. Yeah, that's a really good book. The psychology and the a lot of the teachings of Alfred Adler, uh, and the book is excellent. Grayson thinks so too. And Grayson has the courage to not only be disliked, but to literally babble to Do what all he the wants. listeners. Yep. That is some serious courage right there. No shame in his game. All right. So then Arbor goes on to ask a question. So his question is about reading books. So he says, Chad and team. How do you go about reading books? Do you mark them? Do you write down a summary after finishing the book? Or do you write notes every time right after closing the book? I'm very astonished at your ability to to quote books mid-conversation. That is very much a Chad thing. I've also remarked on that arbor, so agree. I read books myself, and I'm very in the now when reading them, and I get them completely. You too, Gray? Okay. But I don't think I will be able to remember them in the future. I've started to describe them to my family, girlfriend, and friends when I read them and what it's about. But when it comes to marking down, I don't do this. I still go with my parents' advice from when I was six, where they said, keep your books as safe and new as possible. Do not make any marks in them at all. Your younger brother will soon use them soon. And to date, I treat my books very meticulously. So he's wondering, Chad, what your own way of reading is and how to remember certain topics. Baby pass off, your turn. All right, Arbor, that's an excellent question. And I definitely had a similar upbringing where I wasn't really encouraged to write in books. And once I got into school, that's where things got really wonky because at home, my parents had bought me books, but I was allowed to write in certain ones. And uh, the ones that I purchased myself, I could generally do whatever I wanted with. But when I got into school, that's where you start to get into the extremely horrible advice and really, really bad habits of this is Don't touch uh, your book. Don't even is, mess yeah, with exactly. it. <laughs> this isn't a nefarious plot, but unfortunately, generally everything you learn in school is the opposite of what you should do or how you can build good habits. It's generally a process of 12 years of indoctrination where you learn all the wrong habits and habits that are going to make life very confusing if you continue them once you get free and escape from school and escape from formalized education, which is not all bad. This is not me bashing the education system, but this is me saying that the a lot of the habits that end up being picked up, not even necessarily taught, but the habits that people end up picking up are counterproductive to quoting things by memory, say, or enjoying books and never feeling any guilt or pressure around how you should or should not treat them. So Arbor, I think first and foremost, the first piece of advice I would give to you today is to go to your bookshelf and take a book out that you own, preferably, to avoid problems later, and write in it. And write that you'll write whatever you want, wherever you want. Get out a highlighter. Highlight whatever you want. Highlight an entire page. Write all over an entire page. Tear a page out of the book. I knew you were going to say that. Tear several pages out of the book. Do you know why? because you own it. You're allowed to do that. And if a certain page strikes your fancy and it's going to help you write something later on, tear it out of the book. I've done that with several interviews with guests where there's a part of their book that I I really loved and I can't handle flipping through and remembering what page it's on. And I'll tear out a couple pages and I'll buy another copy of the book. A lot of the teachings from our parents and our schools 
are predicated on a very scarce model of resources and the world. And it's definitely easy to hear this and think that I'm being callous or that I'm advocating senseless consumerism or just the mindless like destroying of books. I'm definitely not. What I am advocating though is that you take full advantage of all of the information. And it's so hard for us to take out bits and insights of information from books and teachings and everything and then apply them in our own life. You have to do this by any means necessary. It's literally that important for your relationships, for your life, for your promotions, for your family's future that you consume, digest, and then apply as much information as you can as quickly as possible. So jump into it and whatever method works for you, go for it. And then I guess we should go back to kind of my hypothesis for how I do quote some things and how I do get the most out of books and what my reading style is. First, does it come to mind who this sounds like? Who does Arbor sound like about not wanting to write in books, not wanting to highlight? I don't know. Me, remember? Oh, When uh, I first started reading books a long time ago and I would go through your books and be like, oh my gosh, you've bent all the pages. You've like (laughs) highlighted everything already. You have all these little notes in the margins. And then after a while, I was like, I kind of enjoy all these notes in the margins because then I can see how you're thinking about it. And you told me to write in one of my brand new spanking, like shiny books. And I was like, no, I don't want to. And you went in there and you put a big black line on one of the pages (laughs) and you're like, now it's already like tainted. So go ahead. Yeah, definitely. And that was a good first step for me to be like, oh, it's actually okay to write in books and put my notes down. And yeah, it really changed a lot just by you putting that one big black line on my page. Oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, again, Grayson is going wild. He gets excited <laughs> about books. So for he anybody out there books a day. that thinks that they read a lot, Grayson flies, flies through the books. Flies through his five page books. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, for anybody looking to read more books in a year or read a hundred books in a year, the best way to do it is with shorter books. And it's kind of a half joke, but actually the more you can chalk up those wins, the more enjoyable it is. Okay. So let's get back to the question. Arbor asks, how do you go about reading books? Do you mark them? Do you write down a summary after finishing the book or do you write notes or do you write something every time after closing the book? Here's how I read. I read whatever I want generally whenever I can fit it in. It's time is so fleeting. There are so many demands and and asks for time that whenever I can read, I try to jump at the chance. So I have physical books everywhere. I have books on my Kindle, on my phone. And I read across mediums, across platforms. I have the Kindle app on my computer. And I just tried first to develop the habit of opening the book, opening the Kindle app. That's the, I think the first step to getting to a place where you can instantly recall the right advice, the right teaching, the right story at the right time in a conversation or at a pivotal moment in your life, whether that's in your professional world or personal world. And I don't take notes when I read books, meaning that I don't take detailed summaries. I do write down thoughts that the book inspires, basically. Or if I have an idea of how a concept links to something, I will write that in the margin. But I don't take traditional notes. Again, back to what I was saying about the education system in school, how we're taught to take notes in books and after books and generally forced into this model of oh my gosh, generally everything's fear-based. So you tend to develop this misconception that if you don't write down a summary immediately after you finish the book, that you're not going to be able to remember that information. Well, maybe that's because what you're reading isn't interesting and there's no reason for your brain to 
gravitate towards and then recall and store and file and keep that information at hand. A lot of textbooks and generally everything that you're assigned to read in school is so dry, so boring, and so just not relevant to the real world that there's no point in remembering it. Your brain, the biological supercomputer that no one can even explain or come close to explaining. And a quick side note, for everyone that thinks your biology isn't complicated or that biological systems are going to be trumped by silicon-based AI life forms, that's laughable. That is such a joke. Your biology is older than stars. So the average life of a yellow, I think yellow dwarf star or whatever our sun is, biology lasts longer than that. And biology is way more complicated. It's way cooler. And you have the best piece of wetware and supercomputer, meaning your brain, in the universe. To think that your brain wouldn't be able to remember, store, file, and then recall ideas that are vital at a moment's notice is incredibly, incredibly, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Whether it's foolish, short-sighted, something along those lines is what I'm trying to say. And what I'm encouraging you to do is just read more. Read the type of stuff that makes you really emotional. Read the type of things like you're already doing with stoicism. And I think that when you read and then read them again and again, the right ideas are going to stay with you. The ideas that are uniquely suited to you are going to come up again and again, and they're going to become embedded in your self-conscious. The best and brightest minds in the world, they're big rereaders of books. It's easy to think that, again, thanks to school, because what you're reading is so dry and boring, when you get finished with it, you never want to return to it. You know, try to do what you're doing right now. Seek out more of the books that you want to read again and again. Seek out the books that you're going to want to talk about to your friends, where you're going to want to share insights from them, and where you're going to be proud, rightfully so, of being called a stoic. I think that is so cool. I think that's amazing. And I think you're already on the right path to finding your own reading style. My reading style works for me, but it sounds like you're already building one that's working really well for you. So these are just some ideas to explore, maybe implement a couple of them, but find the stuff that you want to reread and reflect on again and again. And think right now, because it's easy to think that you can't recall quotes at a moment's notice, but that's just a story because I would be willing to bet that there are a number of lines or quotes from Marcus Aurelius or Seneca or whoever you're reading right now that have stuck with you. So maybe just revisit a couple of those quotes and whatever moves you, whatever has served you the best this far, and um, just reflect on it from, from day to day and as you go. And I would also not let it get you down if you don't quote it word for word. Because although, you know, I know he, he and a lot of other people are always really impressed with the fact that you can just spit out quotes instantly that you remember, I would guarantee that they're not 100% word for word accurate every single time. But you don't let that stop you from saying like, I think it was they're this person and yeah, yeah and this is about or, what it was saying. 120%. I would say, I'm, no, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> kidding. They're, I'm just paraphrasing most of the time. Sometimes they're right, but sometimes they're not. And the point is though, you want to grasp the gist of it because- you know, back to education. I'm sorry, I was, I was trying to trying to avoid it, but but can't do it. We're trained to think that if we don't recall something perfectly, letter by letter, get the exact enunciation and pronunciation and the grammar of it right, that we somehow failed. What a foolish, foolish idea, and what a horrible thing to teach people. If you can recall the message or the why behind a story, the exact details of the quote don't matter. If you're living your life in a way 
what you, your friends might call it stoic, but if you're living your life in a way that it's starting to work better or new opportunities are working up, working for you because of what you've read, man, you're on a track that is, I know from my own personal experience, the best way to describe it is the crazy, the wonderful, the cool thing about this life that we're in, whether you want to call it a simulation or whatever type of experience you want to, to call it, it can become better than you can imagine right now. And that's the wonderful thing about it. And if you knew exactly what was going to happen, it couldn't be exciting. But life is always exciting because your exact experiences and your exact imaginings don't always match reality. Sometimes you can imagine something that happens. Sometimes you can read all the right books and those type of stories or that type of narrative will start playing out in your own life. All kinds of crazy things happen when you have the faith to go all in and read broadly, read widely, and don't be afraid to read things again and again and again. So Arbor, your question got me fired up. This is our Thanksgiving extravaganza week. And for everybody listening, thank you for being patient with Grayson in the background. <laughs> we really appreciate that. And uh, I'm surprised Toasty was quiet. Toasty was more quiet than Grayson. But yeah, thanks everyone. <laughs> Grayson loved joining this episode with us. It is family week for Thanksgiving. Do you have any <laughs> final words to say, bud? Oh, now you're quiet. Okay. Just a big smile. Yeah. And thank you, Arbor, very much for that really well thought out and nice question. We're super thankful to have you as one of our listeners. And, and honored. And honored and appreciate it. So everyone, have a great week. See you next time. The Mission Studios creates custom media for world-class companies like Salesforce, Twilio, Katera, and more. To connect with our team of creatives, you can reach us at info at themission.co. Hey, listeners. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.